You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're giving advice on how to get borrowed books back. Mallory's number one. (laughs) (laughs) I am the Liam Neeson of borrowed (laughs) Most most valued activity. We're solving an audiobook tracking problem, and we're recommending lesbian sports romances. Wow. Very fun. This is a real glassers episode for sure. (laughs) But first, Bria, what are you reading? I just finished a book, and we had such a great discussion on it in my book club that I thought I'd bring it up here. It came out a couple years ago, and I'm sure you read it, but I am just now reading it. It was The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein by Kirsten White. I have not read this. Oh, Mallory. This book fucking rules. It is so <laughs> good. I I think I just like blew out my mic. I'm sorry, Britt, that I just did that. So we read it I, a couple weeks ago, or la- I guess when people hear this, it would be last week, I, I was reading Frankenstein, and we paired it with Frankenstein. So I actually listened to both. Oh, that's so fun. This one was narrated by Catherine Lee McEwen. And, okay, this is so, it's such a great pairing because, you know, most people know the Frankenstein story. This one is told from the point of view of Elizabeth Frankenstein, who was, well, she she's in this book. She's cousins, or she's not directly related to to Frankenstein, to Victor Frankenstein, but they kind of call her his cousin, and she's, she's uh, um, grows up with him, and then eventually marries him, and then I, I guess I'm not going to spoil the end of Frankenstein, um, the original book <laughs> that came out. <laughs> I came out two two thousand. Is there like ago. a fifty year? Like I mean, twenty year, ten year? Like what is? The, when can we start spoiling books? Uh, anyway, know. she has a tragic ending, and she's a and she's a tragic figure in this book. Like she has and, and what, okay, what's great about this? It's a retelling from her perspective. Mallory, you've got to read this book because it is. It's basically about what it's like to be in a situation like she doesn't have family, the Frankensteins are raising her, and she kind of has to, like, do what she has to do to survive. And she's been paired up with Victor Frankenstein, who they'll always, they always assume that they'll get married at some point, and she's kind of been brought into this family to take care of him, even though she's the same age as him. And he's a fucking psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's just a complete psychopath, killing birds, obviously moves on to, and as a child, moves on to killing more. And it gets into a lot of the questions you have about Frankenstein um, that remain, that were kind of unanswered. Like, what happened to certain characters, particularly her? Like, what it's like to have to, like, run around with this man who just, like, makes completely poor decisions and is, like, oh like wants to just, you I know, succeed no matter what. I think that's what this book was about. It is such a great retelling. She must have done so much research on Frankenstein and, like, I just I just thought it was so great. And normally my book club is about an hour long. This one was two hours because we could not talking about stop talking about how great this book was and oh just God. all the things that happened to her. It's just really great. I mean, and it it dives into the Justine character who is like a very tragic figure as well. And, and um, there's just a lot going on there. And you get to see this woman and she's not a perfect woman, but she's a what she like has to do what she has to do to survive at this time. And given her circumstances, man, this is a good book. I, I, ha- I have to recommend it. you got to read this one, Mallory. I think you'd oh really God. enjoy it. Um, yeah, I'll put it you- on my TBR. Yeah. What are you reading? I'm reading a book that just came out. It is an anthology. It's called Never Whistle at Night. A- oh, I want to read this. I'm, I'm, it's on my this. hold list at the library. I'm, 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 a, I'm a waiting. 
It's really good. It's an in, it's called an Indigenous Dark Fiction Anthology. It's edited by Shane Hawk and Theodore C. Van Alst Jr. And when I saw the list of authors on here, I had to get oh, it. Yeah. It's with a ton of authors that I love. Cherie Demaline, uh, uh, Brandon Hobson, uh, Morgan Talty, uh, Darcy Little Badger, Tommy Orange. Like it's just a stacked anthology, and I'm about a quarter of the way through right now, and it's just so good. Like mm. the thing that's really great about it is there's a bunch of different kinds of horror stories. So if you're a horror fan, it's like a little buffet. There's like slasher <laughs> stories and ghost stories and monster stories. I'm just enjoying it so much. I've been reading one story before bed every night, oh, and. I love that. Oh, I love it. Also, the cover is so good. Yeah, it's good. It's a cool cover. Oh, I love it so much because um, obviously, you know, it's October. This is coming out in November, but we're still reading this during spooky season. So I uh, got to get that spooky stuff in. Um, so I'm reading Never Whistle at Night, an indigenous dark fiction anthology edited by Shane Hawk and Theodore C. Van Alst Jr., and I'm reading The Dark Descent of Elizabeth Frankenstein by Kirsten White, narrated by Catherine Lee McEwen. We want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Rowan wrote in to say, I'm a new listener as of this week, and I really love the show. Here's my guaranteed trick for removing stickers from books. A damp microfiber cloth. Something about a little bit of water and all those fibers pulls a sticker right off. I have used this to remove whole stickers, but more commonly, I use it to remove the leftover sticky residue. Works like a charm, and in only a few minutes, too. I have used this method on paperbacks and on new hardcovers. It should not be used on any older hardcovers with a paint-like wash on their covers i tried this once and the paint started coming off and it smelled horrible oh Oh, no no. a damp microfiber cloth i think i use these on my floors if i know what they are do you know yes do you know what they are i probably use them on my floors sometimes dads have a lot of them oh yeah my it's like a dad accessory my boyfriend (laughs) has a ton of them to wash the car with Okay. All right. Okay. So, all right. Thank you, Rowan. Nisha wrote in, who I think is my yeah, this best is friend from Nisha. college. Yes. <laughs> Hi, Bria and Mallory. I am laid up sick. Yeah, I remember this. And listening to your parent horror episode, as you know, I'm not a horror girl, uh, but I am a parent. So I wanted to share my perspective on why there might be a trend in parent horror books, which is what we were looking into that episode. We were trying to figure out, get to the bottom of why there are so many parent-related horror books. As a parent and a person, the worst feeling I have ever felt is knowing your kid isn't okay and not knowing how to help. It is truly and deeply devastating. This seems ripe for exploration, though, of course, I don't know if this is what these books are exploring because she doesn't read horror. Also, like y'all mentioned, it's a very scary time for humanity. We're facing so many existential threats and we brought people into an uncertain world. The children will live on past us, but what will their world be like after we are gone? Lastly, and you also mentioned this, but the pressure of early parenting can be unrelenting and exhausting. There are times when it feels like torture because sleep deprivation is indeed a form of torture. Listen, I agree. I just went to Not Scary Farms last night and I'm I'm suffering today. And all I did was go to haunted houses. <laughs> I will say I watched a horror movie recently called You Are Not My Mother, directed by Kate Dolan. And the beginning part of the movie is like a baby being put into a scary situation. And it was so hard for me to watch because I don't have a baby. I don't have children. I will never have children. And I was like, I'm worried about this baby. Yeah. Nothing bad can happen to this baby. And don't worry, nothing bad does happen to the baby. But too scary. Too scary. Yeah, too scary. Nisha's Wheelhouse includes fast-moving fiction, queer POC, feminist stories, coming-of-age stories, and dystopia, our world, but different. Thanks for writing in, Nish. 
Hey, and then uh, Sarah wrote in to say with some really nice stuff about our merch. Sarah says, I freaking love your Void merch shirts. I have a kibby romantic type body, all curves. I don't know what that Ooh, means. Ooh, kibby. Okay, hold on. I'm looking it up. I don't up. know what that means. Sarah says, and unisex shirts look like hot garbage on me, but your dolman scoop neck tees are comfy, cool, and oh so flattering. I have your book slut. Libraries are flipping awesome and library user shirts. I love them all. I wore your book slut shirt to my knitting group one night. A fellow knitter couldn't quite read my shirt, so she sweetly asked what kind kind of slut are you dear and we all cracked up <laughs> and i got to introduce a group of knitters to your podcast okay, i really you know, hope Kibby, that knitter Kibby was is... like 85 because yeah, I I, I, i'm hearing it in an older woman voice and it is so what? cute what kind of slut are you dear um uh kibby just so you know there's it's like a that's a diff, there's 13 different kibby body types and this one is full breasts narrow waist rounded hips so yeah so so uh, it's a romantic type. That's what it's called. So we're glad this. Hey, if you have this body type, get on these shirts because you too could be asked what kind of slut you are. We will, folks. We have a Bria update. Quick update for me for everyone who wrote in with baby oil <laughs> suggestions. Just want to let y'all know I'm sitting here recording reading glasses. It's a Monday morning. Just smelling like baby oil because it's all <laughs> over my feet. I've been trying it. I'll give you another update. I will say right now it has not done much to soften these hard rocks that I call feet. <laughs> these, <laughs> these ancient <laughs> ancient pieces of petrified wood that I keep on the soles of my feet. I'm a real barefoot person, so like every You've I have all heard hard, of Bigfoot, but have you heard of Smallfoot? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm trying it, so thank you for your baby oil suggestions. I've been putting it on in the mornings. I'll let you know how it goes. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And a quick bookmark from the show, folks. We have a quest for you, a side quest, if you will. We are trying really hard this year to get more people to listen to Reading Glasses. So if you have not reviewed the show, if you have social media, we would love for you to post about it more than anything. If you have some other bookish friends in your life, we would really love if you recommended Reading Glasses to them. We're trying so hard to spread the show, get the, get the word of Reading Glasses out into the world, and we would really appreciate it if you would help us out. Again, either on social media, via a review on the podcast listening app of your choice, or just telling your book club, telling your bookish friends, telling a bookseller when you're going to buy a book, any bookish people in your life, if you could just tell them about Reading Glasses, we would really, really appreciate it. We put a lot of work into the show and we're trying to get it farther out into the, into the universe. So thank you very much. And before we talk about getting a borrowed book back, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part this week by Scent Air. You can reduce pet anxiety and remove pesky pet odors from all the spaces that matter from home to business with Scent Air's new Pet Calming Complex. Scent Air's new Pet Calming Complex is designed to soothe cats and dogs from unwanted fears, nervousness, and general anxiety. Their proprietary formula uses industry-recognized pet calming components to help calm pets and reduce fears and unwanted behaviors. Plus, all of St. Air's more than 60 fragrances are cruelty-free and safe for homes, and they are sustainable, and also, they smell great. I have St. Air right now in my laundry room where the cat litter boxes live because they gotta live somewhere. We love these cats, 
But y'all know litter boxes are gross, but Sendair really covers the smell. It gets rid of that nasty smell when I walk in there and I'm like, oh man, I hate this room. Instead, it makes it smell amazing. It actually kind of makes my cats smell amazing. I swear I can smell it on them sometimes. It's a great smell and I'm very sensitive to smells and it is strong. And what's great is you can actually control it with a Bluetooth from your phone if you want it low, medium, or high. If you go in, you're like, it's particularly stinky today. These cats... I have three. That's a lot of cats to go to the bathroom at the same time. So then I can turn it up to a medium or a high, but I just keep it at low. And these are great. You plug them in, you leave, you can adjust them from your phone. I love them. So try luxury home fragrance tested by the pros by going to scentair.com and using promo code glasses for an extra 25% off your first order. That's scentair.com and promo code glasses. Glasses. I'm Jordan Cruciola, host of Feeling Seen, where we start by asking our guests just one question. What movie character made you feel seen? I knew exactly what it was. Clementine from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Joy Wang slash Jabutupaki. That one question launches amazing conversations about their lives, the movies they love, and about the past, present, and future of entertainment. Roy in uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I worry about what this might say about me, but I've brought Tracy Flick in the film Election. So if you like movies, diverse perspectives, and great conversations, check us out. Oof, this is real. New episodes of Feeling Seen drop every week on MaximumFun.org. This week, we've all had it happen. You let someone borrow a book, and you never see it again. How do you get that book back? Should you even bother? Should you become the Liam Neeson of Kidnap Books? So today's episode was inspired by Maggie, who wrote in to ask, when I was in high school, I loaned a friend a pretty niche autobiography that is now out of print, and it was unfortunately never returned. This is obviously something I still think about. Don't worry, Maggie. I am with you on this. I don't think my friend meant to take it, so I consider it an accidental theft. But because it was such a limited print, I find myself considering the book a long-lost treasure that I wish I still had, especially because I only read it once. It's almost been more than 10 years since this happened. So I guess my question is, when do you cut your losses with a borrowed or gently stolen? (laughs) Gently stolen is the funniest thing. Uh, or gently stolen book and just consider it the other person's. If I somehow see them again, do I let it go or gently bring it up and see if somewhere between moving to university and now they've kept this book, which seems dubious. Woof. Mallory, I have I have a confession here. I think I'm a gentle stealer. A, g- a gentle thief, if you will. <laughs> we'll get to it, but I think I might be a gentle thief. Uh, Bria Grant, uh, Smallfoot, and Gentle Thief. <laughs> Bria creeps reader. around on her, on her uh, granite toes and steals things from people <laughs> gently in the night. Um, anyway... Yeah, this is the worst. Now, we covered this a long time on the show very briefly, but Glassers write in about it often enough that we figured we should do an episode on it. Bria, you said that you might do this, but has this ever happened to you? Well, this is the thing. I don't think so. And Mallory and I are going to come at this from very different angles here. Yes, so this, you're lucky to have us both. Um, it just doesn't stick in my craw. You know what I mean? Like, so if it does happen, I don't 
often think about it. Like if I loan something to someone and they don't return it and I want it back, I'll be like, I want that back. Can you bring that back? But if I haven't asked and they haven't given it back, I'm like, well, I, I, that's on, that's sort of on me. I don't even think about it. But also I don't collect books like a lot of people do. Like in spite of this podcast, I don't have this massive book collection because most of my books are eBooks. So I, I, and you can't lend an eBook and not get it back. So mm-hmm. I, I, in the last, you know, when I started e-reading, which has been a while now, it's been mostly e-reading for the past almost 10 years. Uh, I just, I don't, it, it doesn't dawn on me really as much. Um, has it happened to you? Yes. And mm-hmm. uh, just like Maggie, I have each instance steered into my brain forevermore. <laughs> I will never forget it. Uh, but I will say it doesn't happen as often as it used to, mostly because I don't let people borrow my books anymore, unless it is Miss Bria Grant. You're the <laughs> only person allowed to, or my best friend, Lauren. In my personal experience, I find that it's rare for people to return borrowed books. What about your books. boyfriend, Mallory? We live together. That, uh, that, that doesn't count. Oh, okay. But people you live with can be bad with your objects. I will say, oh my God, he's probably listening to this. Jeremy, I love you. But Jeremy is one of those people that he he will borrow a book from me and put it in his TBR pile and then leave it there for like six months. And then without telling him, I take it back and put and reshelve it. There you go. Yeah. He very rarely notices. Yeah, he's not going to notice. But I do keep an eye on it. But again, I live with him, so I can just go take that book. You can go get it. Okay, fine. Fine. Yeah, I just think it's it's very rare for people to return borrowed books. And you know, I'm so ridiculous about my book collection that I don't want to risk it. I don't like it. I did, however, have someone who was house sitting for me borrow a book and they never returned it. And mm-hmm. it's Empire of Wild by Cherie Demoline. Book I really love. Heartbreaker. And have you asked um, for it back? Well, let's get into it. Let's, okay. Is, okay. So that's the big question, right? And that's Maggie's big dilemma. Is it worth trying to get the book back? Well, Okay. I mean, here's the thing, Mallory. I mean, if this was recent, I'm now I'm giving Mallory advice. If this is recent, I think you can say, hey, do you still have Empire of Wild? Because I would like it back. You know, I don't think it has to be some sort of like shakedown. You don't have to come in with like a with like a club, <laughs> a loaded gun. <laughs> like, 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 do you still have it? Because people <laughs> might not know or they're like, most people probably haven't read it yet. Unfortunately, depending on the timeline. I mean, just people don't read as quickly as they want to read. It's not like a yes. movie or something where it's like, oh, I'm going to watch it today or whatever. I think look if it's been 10 years <laughs> I think it is time to move on probably was it an expensive book like that's where my brain goes like oh is was this really expensive then I think maybe you could ask but like okay oh I have a good example okay one time I had this shirt have I already talked about this on the show this shirt no. that I had that was really expensive I had the mm. shirt when I I first started going to a lot of meetings and I had one nice meeting shirt and I would wear it to meetings and then I'd come home, it was white, and I would come home and I would take it off and I'd put on a shirt that I could fuck up. And I had a roommate who I was fine with her borrowing my clothes, but she would take the shirt. She I, One time she wore the shirt and then I saw she was just hanging out in the house in it. And I was like, I would never hang out in the house in the nice shirt, in the one nice shirt that I own. Um, and I was like, hey, that's a white linen shirt. Like, I only wear that to meetings. Can you, like, you, you're welcome to borrow it, but, like, don't wear it around the house. Like, just wear it, like, nice places or whatever you're going to do because I don't want to fuck it up. And she was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't know this was, like, a special expensive shirt. But she also never borrowed it again because I think she realized, hey, this was an important thing. And that was great for both of us because, anyway, my conclusion here is life is short. You have to decide what's important to you and let the rest go because 
You can dwell on it. And I'm a person who dwells on the dumbest shit in the middle of the night. I wake up and think about the stuff where I'm like, oh, God, how did I do that? Or this person wronged me or whatever. But I think you have to decide if this is worth it. Look, if it's a very expensive book, if it's a book that your grandmother gave you. If it's a book that's been passed down in your family, go after that book. If it's something go that like it. you go like, out and you get that book obviously back. still bothering you, reach out to that person and be like, hey, 10 years ago, I borrowed. I'm sh- you probably don't remember this, but like, do you still have this book? And they're going to say no. I'm sorry. They are going to say no um, because they don't have that book anymore. That book is gone. That book has been gone for a long time. But you may as well like close this chapter. And that might be the way to do it. Like give yourself some sort of closure on the on the book. But if you can, I would personally try to move on because 10 years is a really long time. What about you? I think it depends on the situation. Like you said, if you see that person all the time, I think it's worth it. Oh, sure, sure, sure. You can come up with a fake reason, like you want to let someone else borrow it or you want to reread it, you know. But if you don't see that person frequently, is really up to you, I think. Is it worth it to orchestrate a hangout or travel to them to ask, like, do they live really far away? You know, you can always text them and ask them to mail it. I think it really depends on how much you want that book back, especially if it's a special edition or a one-of-a-kind book, like it's a signed book. But I will say sometimes you do that stuff and it doesn't work. Uh, I This is a person... A, mutual friend of ours that I will call out. He does not listen to the show, but Josh Ethier borrowed two research books from me. Are you going to say first and last name? Oh yeah. I'm calling you the fuck out, Josh, because back in 2017, he borrowed two research books from me and I asked for them back multiple times. I finally, I even asked him if he would mail it and he was like, no, I'll just bring it next time I see you, which never happened. So I only ever see him at industry events. So I know which books they are. I know where you live. <laughs> FY, FYI, his girlfriend listens to the show. Oh, well, hey, listen. <laughs> Tell Josh. And she's really nice. She's so nice. I've never. I, I've oh, never wait, no, it's his wife. They got married. They got married. Isn't she a librarian? I think so. Okay, well, then she will care. Listen, your husband, <laughs> while a very nice man, borrowed two books from me in 2017. Oh, my God, Mallory. I want them back. <laughs> this is... Mallory's creating beef. I am not a part of this. I am. I am he completely... knows I want them back. I have asked him for them multiple times. This is not beef. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. If this gets back to him. I feel like it will. I think I don't know if she listens good. regularly, but I think she. Because I've exhausted my other options. Okay. I mean, this is actually a good tactic. If you ask the spouse of the person, that oh could yeah, be a good. Something you know, one spouse in every relationship has to be the responsible one, and, and I, it's so, definitely not Josh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I'll say this to his face. I don't care. He's my friend, <laughs> and also I want my goddamn books back. Okay. Well, here's a question: When that happened, 2017, what is the statue of limitations on this? Because now you're you're entering year seven of this. Yes. Well, but. To be fair, this is year seven of every few years me asking for it. I think in Maggie's situation, it's a little bit different. Like, again, if you see that person frequently, I would say give someone a couple of months, which I did in this situation. This didn't work. After two months, I think it's perfectly reasonable to be like, hey, did you ever read that book? If you don't see them frequently, I give them a full year. Like, if it's a friend you see only a couple times a year, that's fine. After that, text them and be like, hey, remember that book I let you borrow? Do you mind sticking it in the mail for me? 
But for Maggie, I do think 10 years is a lost cause. That is. I do. Honestly, 10 years is at the point where someone might not even remember borrowing it. What do you think? I don't know where I lived 10 years ago. So, like, <laughs> I, I just am like, I don't. This shit doesn't travel with me. Well, like, at some point I, I did something. I don't know. Mallory, I'm going to say seven years is getting up there, though. Seven years is also a really long time to be. I've asked people for move. it multiple times. <laughs> I also like I have things that I borrowed from people and I look at them and I'm like I never returned that and I feel like a total asshole and I feel I that's what I'm saying I think I'm a gentle thief where I don't mean to keep it but I haven't seen them and like I thought I'd see them or I wasn't done with it and then I've moved it to like three different houses and I'm like not even sure if I who this person is anymore and so like mm-hmm. I have done this just because I am a little forgetful and like uh, kind of a kind of a messy person. So I'm like, I know I have shelves of shit, but I don't know exactly who they belong to. Like, I know I have a drive, which are kind of expensive of someone's from like years ago, but I've never returned it. And I feel really bad about that. Like a hard drive. I mean, do you, are you still in contact with this person? Not really. Well, then it's fine. But maybe we'll, she'll reach out one day and I'll be like, yeah, well, I then, do have that's... this hard drive that now can't be hooked up to any more computers because it's like 10 years old. <laughs> well... A, I'm a yeah, gentle thief. I'm a gentle thief, and Mallory is a Liam Neeson. We, Mel, you shouldn't lend me things because I'm never. I will promise I will forget about it at some point. But I, but I, Bria knows this. I have like a superhuman ability to know where all of my books are at all times. Yeah. yeah. So you don't. I mean, you don't have any books of mine right now. Okay. But every time well, you have, you've all, you've always got them back to me. I don't even know where all my cats are right now. Much less where my <laughs> books are. <laughs> Uh, okay do we have so we've talked about the statute of limitations do we have any more advice for maggie and other people looking to get their books back uh i think rebuy these books that's my Mm -hmm. advice rebuy these books to make yourself feel better she only read it once it sounds like she wants to read it again like i don't think wait 10 years for someone to return it like if it doesn't seem like this shit is coming back get it from the library and reread it i know it's not the original one and i know this was an important one that sucks but at least you can control whether or not you can reread it because you just you can't control other people and trust Mm -hmm. me i've tried that's my whole job is to try to control other people and i can't do it (laughs) it sucks you can only control you you can control your actions and i hate being like live and let live but this one is a big deal to maggie and i want maggie to be happy and like maybe the happiest thing you can do is get on fucking ebay and be like oh i'm here's a like here's this same book and it sucks because, yes, you already spent however much that book cost, and hopefully it wasn't like five grand or something, some amount. If Maggie that was, was in high it. school and bought this book, I don't think okay, it's a yeah, five right, grand right, book. Right, but maybe now it's worth a lot. I don't know. But I don't think at the end of the day, I just don't think that book's there anymore, Maggie. I, I think no. maybe you got to, you know, take advice from Elsa and let it go. Elsa, <laughs> what's her name? I agree. I I, th- I do agree on letting it go. I do agree on uh, on rebuying it. My big advice is that you forgive, but you never fucking forget. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying the opposite. You forgive and you forget because life is very short. Never forget. Apparently, that's my mantra on this show now. Life is short. You don't have to go all Liam Neeson. You don't have to do that. You don't have to hunt them down. But for me. People only get one chance to borrow a book. You can never give it back. That's it. Your Mallory library card is revoked forever. But- yeah, you don't need to lend people books over and over again and don't give them back. I will be yeah. honest with you. Uh, my brother doesn't lend me stuff much anymore because he says I never give stuff back. We have that. And we have a lifelong relationship. 
I will say from the other side of things, I never borrow books from people unless they're you because mm. I don't want that responsibility in my life. I just yeah. think borrowing books unless you're with someone you see all the time and the other person is a big reader. I think that's really the central problem with this is it's not the difficulty and the etiquette of like asking for books back. It's because if you are a hardcore reader, which most of the people who listen to this show are, you have a very different view and value on your books where I find a lot of the people who are borrowing books don't share that same value. Oh, like yeah, to I you, see. again, like me, to me personally, I know where all my books are. I know what they look like when I've let someone borrow them. Um, but the people that I've in, in the past that borrow books, they're like, they, they're the kind of readers that don't read as often as I do. They don't treat, they don't like, I mean, I remember I got a book back once. It was Neil Gaiman's American Gods, the mass market paperback. I remember the exact friend that did this. And he returned it to me with some chocolate cake on it. Like sitting on top for you to eat? No, like, like a piece smeared of cake. on the side that he had oh, gotten yeah. on there. And I was like, <gasps> and he like he was like, oh, I got some cake on it. Like didn't even care to me. I was like, what? You got cake on my book. Like, in, but I don't think either party is wrong. It's just, I'm trying to, th like, if somebody let me borrow something. Yeah, people have just different standards of, like, what is appropriate. And what is, you know what it is? People have different standards of what's important in their lives. And, yes. and like, so there's things that, like, people value. And there's things that other people don't value as much. And, like, I have a lot of missing comic uh, graphic novels where I have like, oh, I have issues one through seven. I'm missing eight and nine and I have 10 because people don't return them to me and they don't realize that like, it would be nice to have all of them for sure. But just people don't, they don't realize that that might be a value to you, that you are a collector of books and you keep them in this pristine condition. Yes. Perfect example. Like I always know exactly when my boyfriend who I live with and I've lived with for a long time borrows a book. On the flip side, Jeremy is one of those people that really cares about how nice and neat the car is and had to sit me mm. down a few weeks ago and be like, Mallory, you keep getting weightlifting chalk all over the goddamn car when you come home from the gym. But to mm. me, I don't fucking care. Like, yeah. I don't even people notice. Yeah. And I felt really bad. So, you know, I just think you have to remember that. And that I think is helpful in letting things go because you could be like, this person did not do this with any malevolence. This person just isn't thinking about it like I think about it. You know, for me, I am. It's like a bar, letting someone borrow a child of mine. I am like acutely aware of where it is at all points okay. in time. <laughs> like a child I, is a living, Mallory, a child is a living you know and what, breathing I'm, thing. I'm, I am being hyperbolic, but you know what? Yes. Like I, I, I know exactly exactly who has a book how long it's been like when they've let when they've taken it like just like jeremy knows exactly when the last time he cleaned the car is but i just don't yeah. care so like in the situation that i was talking about at the beginning of the, the this episode the book i recently had taken was a book i really loved emperor pyre of wild and jeremy asked if he could read it for spooky season i realized it was still gone from my library and it was like such an awful uh, feeling because i hate that but the thing was it was pretty easy to replace it's out in paperback now i just bought a new one but i'll never forget <laughs> You should have a library card system as well. You personally. No, because I don't want anyone. I don't like people. Barbara. It's a, that's a library true. that's or close to everyone. When someone takes it, when someone takes it, what if you put a little tracker on it? <laughs> an air, fucking glue an air tag to it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you always know where it is. And every so often you can make it beep. You're like, remember, I know where this is. The My voice just comes out of the book and it's like, hey. Yes, <laughs> return, return this book. <laughs> but I guess what we're saying overall is try to be even though it can be really frustrating when you're a reader, try to be as understanding as you can. 
I I think the best thing is to just not let people borrow your books, but let things go. Most of the time, books are pretty easy to replace from the library, or you can buy a new one, or you can get a used copy somewhere on the internet. Um, but you know, it's not bad. You can ask for it back. Just be cognizant of how long it's been, and other people's might have different value systems than you. It's okay. You don't have to kill anybody. But never forget. Just kidding. Okay. So <laughs> you can send your thoughts on borrowing books and getting your borrowed books back to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. Before we talk about tracking audiobooks, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is brought to you in part by Miracle Made. Did you know that your temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep? Inspired by NASA, Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. Y'all, these sheets are infused with silver and that prevents bacterial growth. It makes them stay cleaner and fresher three times longer than regular sheets. There's no more gross odors. I don't like gross odors. I don't want them in my bedroom. And these sheets actually work. Miracle sheets are very comfortable and they don't have the high price tag of other luxury brands. It feels nice to get into these sheets. It feels like you're going to a five-star hotel, but from your home, in your very own bed. I have these sheets on my bed right now. I love these sheets. They're incredibly soft and they are cooling. I'm a very hot sleeper. I wake up in the middle of the night angry at the amount of clothing on my body, but these sheets really help. I wake up the next morning. I feel refreshed. I feel like I've actually slept through the night. I love these Miracle Made sheets. I can't say enough wonderful things about them. So upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash glasses. If you order today, you can save 40%. That is so much money. And if you use our promo code GLASSES at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash glasses to treat yourself to a free towel set and over 40% off. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Oh my gosh, hi, it's me, Dave Holmes, host of the pop culture game show, Troubled Waters. On Troubled Waters, we play a whole host of games, like one where I describe a show using limerick, and our guests have to figure out what it is. Let's do one right now. What show am I talking about? This podcast has game after game, and brilliant guests who come play them. The host is named Dave. It could be your fave, so try it. Life won't be the same. Uh, a big business starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin. Close, but no. Oh, is it Troubled Waters, the pop culture quiz show with all your favorite comedians? Yes! Troubled Waters is the answer. To this question and all of my life's problems. Now, legally, we actually can't guarantee that. But you can find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now let's look at some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, we're solving a book tech problem from Molly. Molly says, my question is about book tracking, specifically audiobooks versus print books. There are so many books I want to read, and while I have almost accepted that I will die with a TBR pile, I recently decided to give audiobooks a try. I really do enjoy reading multiple books at once, but trying to read multiple print books is just too overwhelming. So I've switched to listening to nonfiction books and reading novels. 
I don't know whether to count audiobooks towards total books read or if I should count them separately from print books. I feel like I'm cheating if I count audiobooks like print books because I can listen to a whole audiobook in a few days while it would take me multiple days or weeks to read the print edition. <laughs> Bria, what does Molly do here? I'm laughing because Molly's like, I have... Listen, this is about making sure I spend my time. I have spent a lot of time. I have to suffer through it a little bit in oh order to. Um, is Molly Mal- Catholic? <laughs> Mal- Molly, um, you must be a new glasser, but yeah, these count. They, I do this too. Like I do, I, I love a nonfiction audiobook for while I'm cleaning the house. And yes, they count. They count. They are, listen to them, count them. It is okay that you only spent half a day cleaning your house and you finished, you know, an audiobook. That's totally fine. Don't, you don't have to <laughs> suffer through the book for like six days just to count it as reading i don't i don't know how you got this in your head but you're you're fine you're fine these count write them down however you want they're still books they're just different forms when i listen to audiobooks i open up my book buddy app and i track them like anything else molly you are not cheating if you want to you know you can in your your note your print notebook your story graph your goodreads whatever you use to track books you can note it as an audiobook for uh, many years ago i used to track the different formats that i read in just because i thought it was kind of interesting to see how many audiobooks i read that year versus how many print books versus how many ebooks but so i can you know there's a lot of different um, book tracking apps and websites that let you add a little note or I think Storygraph actually might let you put the format in. Hmm. I'm pretty sure, but it still counts as a book. It's still a book. It's just a different format. So however you track it, go for it. I honestly, I maybe that would help Molly is, uh, is making a note of whether or not it's audio versus print just to see at the end of the year, but still a book books are all books are books. Yeah. All books are real books. All bo- all audiobooks, ebooks, print books, they're all books. Yeah. Uh, so if you have a book tech problem to solve or an idea for us to test, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Time to answer a recommendation request from one of our listeners. Raylani writes in, Hi, Brian Mallory. First off, big fan of the podcast. I started listening regularly after a coworker introduced me to you guys. Mallory, I recently listened to Girly Drinks on audiobook after requesting my library purchase it. I loved it so much, I ordered a hard copy from my local indie and will probably buy it as a gift for every girly drinker I know. Thank you Aww. so much, Raylani. Wow. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with sports romances. I love most mm. of the tropes, but even I get tired of them from time to time. From Bria's recommendation i read one last stop by casey mcquiston and fell in love with the author and queer romances do you Mm. have any recommendations for queer sports romances i've seen some for mlm but rarely see wlw ones i'm not picky about the sport if there is a wlw curling romance out there i would love to read it as a huge (laughs) follower of women's sports college and professional i know there are a lot of awesome queer athletes so why am i struggling to find fictional books about them anything you or the glassers can do to help is greatly appreciated thanks again for the great podcast i love how much you guys cuss and i created a whole new tag on Storygraph to track the reading glasses recommendations i get god i love this bria what should Raylani read okay this is so out of my wheelhouse because i don't like sports uh and i rarely <laughs> read sports books I, and i was like romance and sports because i don't read that many romance books because i'm not athletic or emotional so it was a very <laughs> tough this was tough the or only emotional. one i thought of that i have read I found a bunch, but there's only one that I read was We Ride Upon Sticks, which, Mallory, that has some queer characters in it. It's not a, I wouldn't say it's a romance book. I would say it's much more about, like, team building and coming of age. No, it's not a romance Um, at all, but I think Raylani would like it. It does, and it has some queer coming of age in it. 
but it is about field hockey and it's about this team that they try to figure out if they're using witch magic or not to win. Oh, still win one of my favorite the, books of the past few years. I, Mallory loves this book. Um, the um, I also was like, what about like Carrie Carrie Soto's back? But it's not queer. There is a romance, but it is a it is a um, hetero romance. But it was no, I would the do only re- other I would do We write upon sticks. That's a good okay. All right, I'll, I'll 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 Mallory Mallory has this one because I just am like. Sports? I don't know. I was I I was not. I was a nerd. I don't know anything about sports. I still don't. Uh, what do you got? I mean, I'm a nerd, but Rilani really fucked up here because she gave me an opportunity to talk about hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I love hockey so much. Uh, and Rilani, I've got a whole ass author for you. Kelly Farmer has a series of lesbian hockey romances. So she's got enemies to lovers, rivals to lovers, friends to lovers. All wow. the roads to lovers wow. you could ever want in a lesbian sports romance. She's got you covered. It's all about hockey. I'm obsessed with, even though I am a huge nerd, nerd I somehow have become also a jock in the past few years. Uh, I don't know how yeah. this happened, but I, I love hockey so much. I love women's hockey. Um, and if you're a women's hockey fan, which everyone should be, um, the look of one of the protagonists in the second book is highly similar to Isabel Cup champion Madison Packer, who is the former captain of the Metropolitan Riveters, which is really cool. There's three books out, so that should keep you occupied for a while, but they're really great. I think they're only an ebook because I believe they're indie books, but they're fantastic and they've got all the different romance tropes you could ever want. Highly reviewed and uh, yeah, fantastic fucking hockey romances i i have other hockey romances that are either mlm or straight to recommend it's kind of like a thing right now is hockey romances okay um, which i'm I like that. so happy about oh mm-hmm. love it happy start of hockey season for everybody by the way anyway hi, my the author that i'm recommending for you is kelly farmer and i'm recommending rewrite upon sticks by Quanberry. So if you want us to answer your recommendation request, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group. And remember, hey, you want to be like Sarah up in the listener feedback section of this episode and get a sexy ass reading glasses shirt that'll fit your, what was it, kibby romantic type? Sure. Yes. I don't know what any of those words mean, but if that's you... We got shirts for you. There's, they're so great. They come in so many different sizes. They come in so many different colors and fabrics and cuts. Check it out. Why not? And they really, I mean, you buying those shirts helps us feed our cats. So you can look sexy and our cats will be happy. Nobody loses here. Everybody wins. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on the podcast listening app of your choice. It is fantastic for us and helps us grow the show. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast. Although I will say I don't go on there much because Twitter is a dying wasteland. Mm. But every once in a while, people still follow us there. And I'm like, are people joining Twitter right now? wild to me um on instagram at reading glasses podcast thanks for listening and thanks for reading maximum fun a worker-owned network of artist-owned shows supported directly by you